Well, good evening. Welcome to Central Baptist Church tonight. It's good to see each one of you here. It's been a while since I've been here. Uh, if you will now, find you a place, get you a songbook, and get settled down there. We'll turn, first of all, to number 485. This world is not my home. We'll try to sing the first, third, and fourth stanza there. And I emphasize try because... I don't know if my throat's going to handle it, but we'll give it a try. The first and the third and the fourth stanza. 485. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid off somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't be let home in this world anymore. Alone. Now to number uh, 485. What a friend we have in Jesus. 485. I'm sorry. I've got the wrong one. 345. Sometimes I get mixed up because it's written so close to the paper I can't read it. All right, 345. What a friend we have in Jesus. someone around you there and tell them it's good to see you tonight.
good evening. Good welcome to our Wednesday evening service. Good to see each other tonight. We'll be having a deacons meeting tomorrow at uh, 6.30 p.m. We'll meet first down at uh, uh, Smoking Ox, and then we'll come back down here for a meeting. And that'll be at 6.30. And then um, the seniors volleyball tomorrow at 10 o'clock, 10, 10 p.m. in the morning. So um, don't forget about that. Young people will be going to camp Monday. So uh, those that have young people involved in this, be sure to help them get ready. <clears throat> um, I think Brother Tony has posted on online uh, what you need to do to take, what not to take, and all that. So if you need to look at that, you can. Also, um, there'll be a bridal shower for Megan Stiegel. It's coming Thursday evening at 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. So don't forget those things. All right, Usher, would you come and receive the offering? Everybody get a prayer list? Uh, anybody who didn't get a prayer list yet? Okay. All right, let's bow our heads and look to the Lord in prayer and ask His blessings on the offering. Pray for these requests that that uh, all these things have already been mentioned here. Brother Pouch, would you lead us? Take out your prayer list and look it over. Have an addition that's not on, on here. Uh, Brian Singer, that's Ms. Singer's son. He's having uh, testing done tomorrow. He has um, some artery blockage, things like that. So pray for him. And then also, Lindsay, his daughter, uh, she was told today that she needs to see a cancer specialist. So. <clears throat> Double whammy there today with them. So uh, it's Brian Singer and also Lindsay Singer need to be added to the prayer list. There, there were um, some panel was talking about some that had been on here on the prayer list for several years. So if you're looking over and if there's some that we need to be be taken off of, that would be uh, just let us know about it. Uh, Gene Anderson's family, family of Amari, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, LaRussi, I guess, <clears throat> remember this need. And also um, those in the hospital, uh, Joanne's nephew, Dave Bolt, is he still in the hospital, Joanne? He's out, so. All right, so we can take them off the hospital then. <clears throat> Destiny Crowley, that's um, a great niece. She's still still not doing well. She was in an automobile accident and 
and a brain injury. Uh, Blaine Milam, that's um, Wayne and Charlotte's grandson. Nell O'Neill, she uh, had a stroke. She's in uh, the hospital at, at uh, Celebration. And um, Martha Thompson, her, her friend that, that uh, comes with her, was telling me Sunday they're, they're kind of not thinking she's going to make it. So I remember her and his family in prayer. Uh, Vicki Snodgrass, that's Scott's friend. So we'll keep her on there. And then Caden Stone. Um, I think. Yeah, okay. Okay. Jim Leonard, he's not traveling anymore, right? Okay, so we can take him off of that. All right, anybody have an addition? Okay, and uh, Amy, A-M-Y. Okay. That's why I couldn't find him, huh? All right, someone else? Joe? <laughs> it's kind of dark out there. I can't see, can't see everybody. Okay, Levi Killen, L-E-V-I-K-I-L-L-E-N. Okay, someone else. All right, we already took the offering, didn't we? Okay, what was the name? You don't know the last name? No, I do not. 
it might be better. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, stand again, take your songbook. Let's have another song. Uh, before we sing, just while we're on the subject of prayer, I said this the other day, I want to repeat it for those that may have not have been here. I want to thank everybody for the nice cards I've received in the last few days and the just touching thoughts and all your prayers. I can tell you pray, you're praying, and I'm sure Joanne will affirm this too. I just God has been so good and just blessed and filled out needs just miraculously. That just blows my mind, and I want to thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, all right, if we will, let's turn to number 78 when we all get to heaven. Number 78. We'll sing the first, third, and fourth stanza. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Tony and I were talking today about um, all the churches that have quit having Wednesday night service and, um, and and the sad thing is that so many people, the members of the churches uh, are going along with that uh, the guy I see for my eyes um, he goes to church where they used to have Sunday night, Wednesday night uh, services and the choir and all that and they did away with all that and but he likes it he's happy and so um, but it's about getting that way with us but I'm not going to be happy about it if <laughs> I remember my first my first Sunday uh, Wednesday night here and uh, we were still a part of landmark at the time but um, there was my wife and I, and then three three children, and then there was uh, seven other people besides us, and uh, all of them, if I remember correctly, all of them were from Landmark. <clears throat> so uh, I about we're about to get back down to that again. Maybe you need to start inviting folks that are not here and tell them, hey, we still have Wednesday night service. Just remind them, let them know maybe they've been thinking because so many other churches stopped having the Wednesday night service that. Uh, We've stopped also, but we haven't, have we? Uh, turn to Daniel chapter 12. I, I've had uh, some questions about <clears throat> some of the things that are here in the 12th chapter, and, and so I thought I would uh, deal with that. I, I originally had it uh, divided two lessons, <clears throat> but I was looking over, looking over the 
notes that I'd taken and all that today. So it's probably going to be more like three or four lessons. But uh, we'll, we'll get as far as we can here tonight. Um, the, the book of Daniel, next to the book of Revelation, is probably the most prophetic book in, in all the Bible. Um, from chapter 9, 9, 10, 11, and 12, they all, all have to do with things during the tribulation period, primarily. And um, without, without the book of Daniel, you wouldn't be able to understand the book of Revelation as well. Uh, Daniel clears up a lot of things and adds things. There are things that that are listed in Daniel that that uh, when you get into Revelation, it helps you to understand that better. <clears throat> Back uh, years ago, when when we were in Orlando, our pastor started a Bible institute, and it was just uh, all day on Saturday, and uh, some of the some of the fellows of church and I was included in that we. We attended that. Brother Carter from Haines City, he'd drive, he'd drive up and also attended that institute. And uh, we had a, a teacher, and uh, his name was uh, Bob Bright, and he pastored Main Street Baptist Church over in Lakeland. Back then, it was an independent Baptist. I don't know if it still is or not. I don't know if it even still exists or not. But uh, he was really good on prophecy. And... Uh, so one of the assignments that he gave us for the book of Revelation, we were to outline the book of Revelation. And uh, you talk about a project, but, uh, but, but I've all, all, ever since then, I've always, I've always been happy, been glad that he made that assignment because, because it, it helps you to break things down to where uh, when, really whenever you, when you, have an, when you outline the revelation, you do it yourself. Um, it really clears a lot of things up, and the book of Revelation is not as hard to understand once you really get everything in perspective. And the Bible tells us there in, in the first chapter that that it's in three divisions: things you, that you've seen, the things which are, and the things which will be hereafter. And when you use that outline, then, and starting in chapter six of Revelation. That begins the tribulation period. Everything that's happened up till that, um, that's not been part of the seven-year tribulation. Uh, chapter 6, and then that goes all the way through to chapter 19. All of that is about things that are happening during the, during the tribulation period. Um, now, there will be times whenever there will be the view from heaven on the earth, and there'll be times that on the earth and it's viewing things in heaven. But uh, but you'll be able to see that when when you're reading that. But the book of Daniel is so important that you understand it in order to understand the book of Revelation. But I've I've just been asked a question about about uh, chapter 12 because there are some things that are a little bit difficult to understand about this chapter. But remember that we're kind of we're kind of picking up here toward the end of these prophecies about the tribulation period, and uh, and actually beginning in chapter nine, chapter nine, chapter ten, chapter eleven, chapter twelve, you need to study all those chapters and get the whole picture if you want to get the the uh, picture of what the tribulation period is going to be like. But tonight we're just going to look at the first three verses, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince who standeth for the children of thy people. And this, of course, this is uh, Daniel, talking about Daniel, and his people are the Jews. So this, this is primarily uh, talking about the Jews. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Now, it's talking about Daniel's people, the Jews. They'll be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament 
and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. Now, the, the tribulation period, as you know, and I've, and I've mentioned this uh, scores of times over the years, the tribulation period is called by Jeremiah the time of Jacob's trouble. That, that means the Jews. The tribulation period is primarily a time of judgment upon the Jewish people. But everybody that's left on the earth will experience the judgments that are going on, the wrath of God, things that are going on uh, during the tribulation period. In the same way that the millennium is a time of blessing for the Jewish people. But everybody that's on the earth during the millennium will also receive the blessings because of that. So, but, but remember that the tribulation period is a time of, of purging, a time of, of judgment, a time of refining uh, the people of, of Israel, the Jews, <clears throat> getting them uh, to the point where they will accept the Messiah. <clears throat> now see, all, all through the years, now you're, you're, you of course know that God, God chose, God got picked out of all the uh, people, the tribes on the earth at that time, God, God picked Abraham, and Abraham became then the he, he's not really considered the the uh, father of the Jewish nation. Jacob is considered that because it it was his twelve boys that made up the twelve tribes of Israel, <clears throat> but but uh, it was it was. Through Abraham, that that God chose this people to be a witness uh, to the civilized world at that time of the true and living God. Uh, but they failed in that. They failed in it. They continually uh, rejected the Lord. They continually turned away from Him. They served false gods. They built idols. They they all kinds of. Um, um, devil worship that they were engaged in and through all of this God would judge them they turned back to him and then over a period of time they would turn away again God would judge them they turned back so this is through all practically all of the history of the Jewish people and then of course the ultimate rejection was when when the Messiah came and they rejected him it, it's, the, it's the Jews that were primarily responsible for the uh, crucifixion of the Lord. <clears throat> and, and then, of course, you read in, the, in Revelation where in spite of all the judgment that God's pouring out the wrath of God on, that, that the people, they still would not turn to God. And the Bible says that they would continue to blaspheme him. So all, all, the, all the wrath, all the judgment, all the, the death, all the uh, terrible, horrible things that were happening, they still would not, they still would not turn to the Lord. And so it was not, it will not be until the closing part of the tribulation period that when only one third of the Jews are left, the rest of them have been killed, that they then will uh, turn to him and accept him as their Messiah, but it takes it takes all of this through all of these years, and then through uh, the seven years of tribulation, it takes all of that to bring them to the point to where they would accept Lord Jesus as their Messiah. <clears throat> so, so let's look here now at um, the the here in this uh, these opening verses here. We uh, we read about something that, although the, the the terminology would not be the same as what what I'm using tonight, but but uh, it's about the hope, the uh, future hope of Israel. Next next to faith and love, the Apostle Paul tells us in First Corinthians chapter 13, the greatest reality in the world is hope. Next to faith and love, faith, hope, and love. These three. 
They're the most critical elements in all of human thinking. Man cannot exist without faith or love or hope. As we, as we focus on this passage tonight, the theme is, is hope. Uh, one, of that, one of that trinity of, of great realities. Hope is essential to all meaningful life. Unless there's some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, man ends in despair. Unless there's some kind of uh, anticipation for a wonderful reality in the future, man finds himself unable to enjoy the moment in which he lives. Uh, the, you see, with, with uh, of course, I, I'm sure that a lot of this just has to do with population increase, <clears throat> but... Uh, uh, where you know we read about that today there are more suicides than at any time in history. More people are, are taking their own lives. They they have no hope. Over the uh, over the 50 uh, years that I've been pastoring, I've I've had occasion to deal with quite a number of people that were uh, contemplating suicide. Uh, I've also uh, uh, been called to uh, counsel with people who had attempted suicide, and um, <clears throat> all in every case, it, it is a person who's who's reached a point in their life that they see no hope. They see no hope for them. They uh, they have despaired of life. They and they see uh, they see no hope. Uh, fortunately, there there have been the majority of the ones that I have talked to that were contemplating suicide, I was able to show them a better way, a better life, and they, <clears throat> and so they did not follow through on it. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, there were some that, that eventually they did take their own life. But, but hope, hope especially is important to those who suffer. We had to uh, we had an elderly couple when I was there in, in uh, Tennessee. Uh, the lady was a very frail person. Uh, they had they had come and and I'd led both of them to the Lord and and they'd been coming to our church for for a number of years. And and she was she she suffered a lot. She was in and out of the hospital. She was just skin and bones and just just you know everything that would come along every kind of sickness she'd get it and uh and so uh finally it came to the place that that uh she was in the hospital and I'd, I'd gone to see her her husband would would go he was retired and everything so he would go in and sit uh, during the day with her at the hospital but uh, she just continued to get worse and get worse and and uh, so one day I, I was there to visit and and her doctor happened to come in, and so uh, we, you know there was some talking the husband and and the doctor and and I joined in some. Well, I uh, you know I I got the idea from the things the doctor was saying that that she was not getting worse because of any particular illness, but that she just didn't want to get better. And I followed him, followed him out into the hallway and. And you know, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm their pastor, you know, and all, all of that. And I said, uh, I know you're, you're, you know, you have rules, and I know you're not supposed to tell someone that's not in the family, you know, what the condition of a, of a patient is. But, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm very close to this family, and you know, if you if you could if you could help me, we don't, I don't, I don't know how to pray for, her, you know, just just except generally because. I don't know what's wrong with her. And he told me, he said, he said, preacher, he said, uh, that her name was Miss Poplin. He said, Mrs. Poplin is not dying from any illness. She's dying because she wants to. She's given up hope. She doesn't want to live. She's given up hope. Arno wrote many years ago, hope is the tenant, not of a heart that's never been broken, but of a heart that's been broken and healed again. A pure, bright star fixed high in heaven, it reaches with its rays the uplifted eye of the weary pilgrim. 
but, but stars shine not in the day. The darkness brings them out. So grief summons hope to the aid of the sufferer. Grief summons aid to the to the uh, or hope to the aid of, aid of the sufferer. Men cannot live without hope, especially men who suffer. They must have hope, or they're miserable. They must be able to see a meaningful meaningful future, where they have no resource for living in the moment. In fact, most people who analyze the problem of suicide say that these people basically don't kill themselves because of their current circumstance. They do it because they can't see any future change in that current circumstance. They see no hope, no change. No hope for anything will ever be any different. God knows well that in order for man to endure the present stress, he has to have a future hope. And so all through, throughout the Bible, God presents to man a great hope, an, an eternal hope, a hope in the future, a hope beyond all other hopes that gives to man a full, rich meaning to life. So as you come to the close of the book of Daniel, this is, this is precisely what Daniel does. Now, I mentioned to you that, that you need to, you know, in order to do a proper study, of, of these last chapters of Daniel, you need to do it all together. Chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12. Now, up until you come to chapter 12, there's a lot of tribulation, a lot of judgment. There's a lot of things that are going on that are not good. They're, you know, it's not good for the Jewish people. And, and so what is happening here, the Holy Spirit inspires Daniel to... Uh, to Right, that that even through all of this, now it's going to be a long time coming, but uh, but there is hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and so uh, the all of these revelations that Daniel's been getting about all of these disastrous things that would happen to Israel, things that would come upon them. In fact, all the visions, revelations of Daniel's prophecy are, are just a chronicle. Of, uh, of a series of uh, oppressions uh, to come upon them. Gentile world powers under the Babylonians, you had these four world powers, the Babylonian, uh, the Medo-Persian, the Grecian, and the Roman, the Roman Empire, uh, all of the, all the persecution, every one of these. The, uh, they, they all, they all uh, dominated Israel. And, and, and most most of the battles, most of, most of the fighting that went on, it was centered right around this little nation of Israel. If you, you read about, about the invasions of Nebuchadnezzar and the invasions of Artaxerxes and these, these people, the Hasherus, and, and, and they were, there was invasions into Israel. Uh, Alexander the Great invasions into Israel, and of course the Roman Empire. Uh, by by the time of the uh, Roman Empire, the the uh, northern ten tribes of Israel had had already gone into extinction. They they were scattered. Uh, but Judah, you had Judah, and that's where Jerusalem was located. Was in Judah and. Uh, New Testament is called Judea. But it's talking about this same thing. And so uh, Israel, Israel was oppressed. Israel was continually uh, sacked, savagely attacked, abused, slaughtered throughout all its history until finally, and, and this, will, this will continue to happen. It's happened in our time under Hitler. It, it is even now there... Uh, if you if you ever had opportunity to uh, go to the nation of Israel, the country of Israel, uh, you can you can see that that uh, they're they're at war continually. They're at war, and they're at war uh, with people that live right among them, the so-called Palestinians. That is a that is a name, a title that the media has given. They're actually Arabs. Those people 
they call Palestinians are actually Arabs. They came, they came there and settled in Israel during the period of time before Israel was recognized once again as a sovereign nation. But, but, the, but the Jews were, were kind enough to let them stay there. They didn't force them out. They let them stay there. And, but but the, the so-called Palestinians, they have, they have turned against the Jews. They're not, uh, they don't recognize and don't appreciate the, the fact that the Jews would let them remain there. And, uh, and so they're continually at war. <clears throat> when we were when we were uh, there in Israel and in Jerusalem, and we were there on a Wednesday night, and so uh, there's an independent Baptist church over on the Palestinian side. Back back during the Six Day War, the Jews overtook they they uh, took Jerusalem back as their own, but they allowed the Palestinians to take half of Jerusalem. They divided it and let the Palestinians have half. They didn't have to do that, but they did that. They let them have that part and the Jews the, the other part of Jerusalem. Um, there was an independent Baptist church down on the Palestinian side. It was a, a, a guy from Lebanon that had been uh, won to Christ by one of our missionaries. Uh, and he had gone there and started a church, an independent Baptist church in, in the Palestinian section of, of, uh, of Jerusalem. And so we, we uh, learned about, in fact, the, the guy that, that led uh, Dr. Hills, uh, the guy that was leading our tour thing, he knew about this church. And so on Wednesday night, we we wanted to go. Those of us, there was uh, 39 people in the group that we were that we were in, <clears throat> and we we wanted to go <clears throat> to the church service that night. <clears throat> well, our tour guide told us he said, and he was a Jew. He said uh, he said we're not allowed. I'm not allowed to go into there. And he said I would not advise you to do it because uh, because of the fact that that you're friendly to the Jews, which is being shown by the fact that you're here on this tour, tour um, the, the, you're, you're liable to get your throat cut. He said, I would not advise you to go. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we wound up going, a bunch of us, not all of us, but a bunch of us wound up going. Well, they had to let us off when you come to the, uh, to the invisible line, the invisible border there, the bus would, would pull it up to that, and they let us off, and we had to walk the rest of the way. Well, over on the side that the Jews control, there's beautiful, clean, new, new, new uh, buildings, new malls, you know, traffic is just a, you know, just a bustling city. Over on the Palestinian side, it's nothing but boarded up storefronts, plywood on it, PLO sprayed on it, all kinds of graffiti. Uh, there, it's dark, dingy. There's no uh, no traffic, nobody on the streets, nobody on the sidewalk. And, and we walked several blocks before we actually came to uh, that that church and. So when we went in, we went in that night. The pastor was shocked that Gentile people who had come from from the Jew side of Jerusalem that 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 we had got there without being captured, without being slaughtered by the Palestinians. Uh, I'm telling you that because because even now. And this has been going on ever since 1948. Whenever, whenever the Jews were allowed to go back to to uh, Israel, and it was reestablished again as a sovereign nation, <clears throat> uh, but they have been at war. The soldiers, the soldiers in Israel, they're not on a base somewhere. They're they're everywhere. They're all they're in the cities. They're everywhere. They, they're armed. They have their weapons. 
they have on their uh, military uniform, and uh, and they they they're required uh, to serve a certain number of years, and even the women, even the females, are required to serve two years active duty, and so you'll see men and women with their uh, military uniforms, their right, you know, their rifles, their uh, AK, whatever they are, 47, 25, whatever they are, um, and 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 there were and while we were there, there were there was more than one occasion whenever there was an uprising. Palestine, some some of the Palestinians would would uh, try to come into an area where. It was, you know, controlled by the by the Jewish government, <clears throat> and uh, and so there would be an uprising. We were not allowed to go to Bethlehem because it had been overtaken by the Palestinians, and they would not allow they would not allow the the people from uh, you know from the Jewish government from the Israeli government would not allow them to take people into Bethlehem. And we have we have a church. We support a missionary in Bethlehem. The First Baptist Church of Bethlehem, we support that missionary named Corey. And uh, we have been for, uh, when I pastored in Tennessee, we supported him then. And as we came here, we, we started supporting him again here. And, and we're, where our intention was to go go to his church on that Wednesday night, but we were not allowed to go there. We, know we couldn't go in Bethlehem at all. And there were places when we came to Jericho at first, uh, they 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 said we we're, were not allowed. To, they keep in contact with, you know, with the military and all that through the whole thing, and and so they you know on the radio with them all the time. So we were never really in danger. I I never felt you know I, there was no uh, fear of danger or anything that the whole time we were there, but. Uh, but there were times when, and they first told us we were not going to be able to go to Jericho, but then they got that cleared up, and so we, we did get to go. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you all that just to tell you, the Jews are still at war every day, every day. There's, there's no let up. They're at war all the time. And, you know, the, the news media, <clears throat> uh, the world news media, and, and sadly, the American news media are against the Jews and they're for the Palestinians. And you won't read anything good happening in Israel by the American media. You'll not read anything good. It's always the Jews' fault. Anytime there's any, any uh, retaliation or anything by the Jews against the Palestinians, it's the Jews' fault. They don't tell you that the Palestinians were sending a thousand rockets over into uh, Israeli-occupied territory. They won't tell you that. They'll just tell you about the retaliation uh, by the Jewish uh, people. <clears throat> uh, so, so uh, because of the the fact that 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 uh, uh, the Jewish people, when when God chose them to be the witness, just like he has chosen us, the church, uh, we're 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 to be missionaries in a sense to the entire world. <clears throat> That's what God chose Israel to do, but they didn't do it. And you've read the Old Testament, so you know how how often they turn away from God, turn to the worship of false gods, <clears throat> even to devil worship. Uh, a lot of those gods that that uh, they were worshiping were actually uh, demons. And uh, any, any, any worship that is not Christian worship, worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, is demon worship. It's demon worship. There's only one true. There's only one true God. And any, any other worship, that's a false God. And that's demon worship. <laughs> so... Uh, so he, he's, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit here is inspiring Daniel to write uh, about Israel history uh, and, and that even though it was going to be one long line, hundreds and hundreds of years 
of, a, of oppression, there was going to come the time uh, when, when Israel would, would be saved. They would turn to uh, their Messiah. Now Daniel, he, he's made to see that Israel's history is going to be one long string of oppression, but he was shocked when the 70-year captivity in Babylon, you know, the uh, Nebuchadnezzar had gone in and he actually made three, three different incursions into, into uh, Judah, and, uh, and each time he'd take, captive, take captives back to Babylon. And, and among those was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was, their names were changed to that. Uh, and, and Jeremiah had prophesied of the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Well, it's during, during the time that, that, of, of Daniel that you know, this was going on. And so whenever that 70 years ended, when, uh, when the, the new... Uh, emperor, the Medo-Persian uh, emperor, uh, had ended that captivity and allowed the Jews to go back. Daniel was surprised that that not many of them wanted to go back. Not many of the Jews wanted to go back. Only a few thousand out of the millions that were in Babylon, just a small remnant went back, and and the rest of the people they were. They were so entrenched by this time in paganism, 70 years, a lot of these had been born there. That's all they knew, a lot of these people. And, uh, and so not very many of them went back. And, uh, and so the majority of the people never, never turned their hearts uh, toward God. And uh, so... So when all when this happened, uh, Daniel got went to his knees. He got he began to ask God, in effect, uh, why why is this happening, Lord? Why you know uh, it's supposed to be over. The captivity is supposed to be over. Why is it not over? Why have they not returned? Why have they not rebuilt the temple and rebuilt the walls and rebuilt the city? Of Jerusalem, why why have they stayed? And God gives him an answer in chapter ten, eleven, and twelve. God says, "Because their chastening isn't over; it's not over yet. Because their purging, their their punishment, their refining isn't over yet. In fact, it's going to go on until the coming of Christ. It's going to go on right through the tribulation period and the and the second coming of Christ." You see, the Jews, the Old Testament uh, doesn't give prophecy of the rapture. It's the second coming. You understand that there's a difference between the rapture and the, and the literal second coming of Christ, don't you? The second coming does not take place until the end of the tribulation period. Now, a lot of Bible scholars put them together and say the rapture is the first phase and then, and then the, second, the second coming when he comes the earth is the second phase of the second coming. But the Bible never refers to the rapture as a second coming. Um, but, but we know, you and I know that uh, the, before the tribulation will begin the rapture has to take place. And in fact, I believe that, that the rapture is what will, what will cause the tribulation to begin because now you have no restraint. There's no restraint to the lawlessness, the, the wickedness that will be over all the earth when the rapture takes place. When, when all Christians are taken out, nobody left but lost people, can you imagine what it's going to be like? Can you just imagine uh, nobody obeying the law, immorality and just and lawlessness, iniquity just uh, reigning. No, um, you know everybody doing whatever he wants. You see that that's we're beginning to see that already, aren't we? So that means then 
that the tribulation period is close. It's, it's following because a lot of the things that will be taking place full bloom during the tribulation are beginning to happen now. And so, uh, so there, God's not through. God's not through with the purging. He's not through with the, with the, uh, with the refining. This is going to go on. Uh, from I'm talking about from the time of Daniel here. It's going to go on for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it will not, it will not end until the second coming. And it's going to be it's going to be full bloom during the tribulation period. All of the all of the uh, wrath of God against Israel, all the things that have happened to them over the years, will not be will not even compare with what's going to happen during the tribulation period. <clears throat> Daniel said, "Never been a time like it before, and won't be again." Uh, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself with my outline I've got here, but but eventually, during the tribulation period, two-thirds of all the Jewish people will be killed. Two-thirds of them. And that means, if just say, just, just you figures, if there, if there are 15 million Jews, 10 million of them will be killed during the tribulation. They'll be slaughtered. And, and so the the one third the one third five million would be left and 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 the bible speaks of, of the of these that are left this remnant that they'll turn to the lord now that doesn't mean that all five million of them will i'm just still using that figure i don't know how many there will be but um that doesn't mean that all of them will but the majority of them will that's just like you know we used to talk about America being a Christian nation, we say this America is a Christian nation. That didn't mean that everybody in America was saved, did it? But but the predominant uh, rule, the predominant idea, philosophy anyway, was was Christian, and and so it referred to as a Christian nation. That's just like a, a communist nation, not not. Everybody in Russia, not everybody in China, are not all of them are communists. And in fact, in China now, you remember uh, Brother Eldridge was with us one time that, that, that he had gone in with a, with a group of, of uh, people into China, and they had, they had been able to take some Bibles in. You remember him telling about that, and the, and those young people taking those Bibles and holding them up to their breast, you know, and just just so loving to have the word of God, you know. Uh, well, in whoever whoever's able to gather these uh, figures and all, whoever did it said that there are there are millions of Chinese people that are Christian. They're not communist, but yet we refer to China as a communist nation, don't we? So you see what I mean. Uh, when it talks about all Israel will be saved, doesn't mean that every individual. There may still be some that, out of that one third that's left, that will not. But the majority of them will. They will turn. They'll turn to the Lord. And so, um, so um, when when uh, Daniel is praying, asking asking the Lord. You know, when, when is all this going to be over? Why is this happening? When is it all going to be over? And this angel, God, this angel tells him, well, it's, you know, it's going to go on until the coming of Christ. It's going to go on for thousands of years of human history that the Jews will suffer the consequences of their sin, their disobedience and unbelief. So a very special angel comes to Daniel, chapter 10, 11, and 12, <clears throat> and gives him the message. Now that uh, that was another angel, not the one that's mentioned here in Daniel, which is Mike, Michael. Um, but the heart of the message, chapter 10, 11, and 12, is found in verse 35 in chapter 11. 
in chapter 11, verse 35, it tells us here uh, the heart of all of this. It said, uh, and some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Now notice here, the, the whole purpose of the chastening uh, for Israel is to test them, to purge them, and make them white. In other words, God never gives up on his people until finally they're purified, they're finally purged, they'll be subjected uh, to a series of Gentile oppressors who will bring them great suffering <clears throat> and uh, and even name some. He named some of these in those chapters. He names uh, Ahasuerus and the others who were uh, represented the Medo-Persians. He talks about Alexander and the others who were representatives of the Greeks. And then also at the conclusion of that great uh, Greek era, he speaks of Antiochus the Great and there was also another, there was Antiochus Epiphanes. And then in the final form of the Roman Empire, it, it will be the Antichrist himself. The, uh, I believe that the Bible teaches that the, that the old Roman Empire will be revived. And, uh, that, and, and already we, we have the uh, the nations there in the European nations <clears throat> that that broadly make up the the uh, common market nations. Uh, these make up that territory that that was controlled by made up the old Roman Empire, and so Bible scholars believe that 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 is the revived Roman Empire when it talks about those nations that the Antichrist will be. Uh, will rule over. Uh, for for years, the a uh, uh, lot of Bible scholars. In fact, uh, when I was in Bible college, they taught this that that you, the United States would be a part of that revival Roman Empire. <clears throat> I'm not so sure anymore that that's going to be the case because um, um, America is, is is very rapidly destroying itself, and I do not know. Uh, if America is going to be influential, especially after the rapture takes place. Once the rapture takes place, because uh, of all the nations of the world, there's more Christians in the United States than any other nation. And so, and so uh, the, the United States is just going to be stripped. And, and all the good people, all the good people, all the... Uh, moral people, you know, all the saved people are going to be taken out. So uh, what's going to be left? What's going to be left? I mean, you know, we're kind of getting a taste of that now, aren't we? Would you, all this, all this stuff that's taking place now, the, uh, you know, it seems like that, that in our day, the homosexuals get whatever they want. The homosexual lobby is considered the most powerful lobby, uh, lobby in Washington, D.C., the transgenders see how how fast this is taking place, and the and you know if you if you don't agree with with uh, homosexuality, if you don't agree with same-sex marriage, if you don't agree with this transgender thing, you're a uh, you know you're a racist and you're a homophobe and you're all kinds of uh, terrible things. Uh, so the the only thing right now that's that's stopping it from totally enveloping our country is the Christians that are here. And, um, uh, you know, preachers that will, that still have the nerve to get up and preach that homosexuality is an abomination. Uh, transgenderism has of the devil. God made them male and female. But see, the devil wants to destroy that. He wants to, he wants to get rid of that. And, and so, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I believe that uh, the United States um, is is very fast becoming very uninfluential in world affairs. So it may not be. 
I didn't even get as far as I thought I was going to get tonight. But uh, we'll take up there next time. Would you stand, please? We uh, we've, we've started just using this time now for, as a time of prayer for you. If you want to come to the altar and pray, uh, you're welcome to do that. Um, if you'd rather just stay where you are, if you want to be seated to pray, that's 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 fine too. Whatever is best for you. But uh, remember these things that we mentioned here on the prayer list, and uh, and be sure to pray about our services Sunday. Pray that the Lord bless. And also our church as a whole. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, the, the devil's against our kind of a church because he doesn't like to see souls saved. He doesn't like for the gospel to be preached. And, um, and churches like ours are becoming fewer and fewer. So the devil's not, he's upset with us. So pray that um, God, keep a hedge about us and that uh, we not let the devil get in and mess things up. So pray for pray for our church, pray for our services, pray for those that are sick and those that are away from us. Pray that uh, the Lord bring them back safely to us. So we're, we're going to take that. We're going to take this time. If you have a need tonight, you want to come and pray. Come to the altar and pray about that. We invite you to come. <clears throat> 